You're listening to the Legend Vest Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started or been in business for many years, we take a deep dive into what it takes to truly become successful. It's time to level up your business and your personal life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jameson and Courtney Gavin. What's up, Legend Nation? This is the Legend Vest Podcast. I'm your host today, Jameson Gavin, and this is the podcast where we teach you how to become a legend and how to invest in yourself. So today I wanted to talk about a business that I'm just not sure if they're going to make it. It's probably a business that you're actually very familiar with if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner. Um, it is a business that I have definitely used many, many times before. And so the company we're going to talk about today is, drumroll please, Office Depot. So if you're not familiar with Office Depot, Office Depot is an American office supply retailing company headquartered in the beautiful Boca Raton, Florida. The company has combined annual sales of approximately, I love it, $11 billion. And they employ about 38,000 people, which is amazing uh, in the United States. The company operates over 1,400 retail stores, which is incredible, and e-commerce sites and a business-to-business sales organization. Um, the company's portfolio, which I did not know before um, about a week ago, includes Office Depot, Office Max, Grand & Toy, Ativa, Toll, Foray, Real Space, and Devoga. So I have only heard about two, heard of about two of those companies before. Um, definitely Office Depot and Office Max. I would be very hard pressed to believe that you have heard of 100% of those other companies that they um, uh, have in their portfolio. So they were actually founded in 1986 by F. Patrick Schur, Stephen Daugherty, and Jack Kopkin, uh, who became the company's chairman and chief executive officers, the president and executive vice president, respectively. So here's the deal, guys. You probably know about Office Depot. Um, We've definitely used them in many, many situations. You probably have used them, like I said before. Um, But they've got some things going on in this organization where I'm just not sure if they're going to be around at the end of this decade. You know, here we are at the beginning, at the front of 2020. And on my last podcast, where I talked about kind of the future of where things are going um, and just kind of seeing where, you know, the what the future is now and kind of where the future is going to be. Office Depot may or may not be a part of this. And so I say this on two sides. Right. Um, it's very easy for my seat. And I definitely acknowledge this. It's very easy for my AC um, comfortable chair sitting in front of a microphone to sit here and say Office Depot may not make it. Very simple to say this. The truth of the matter is they really might not make it. Um, And it it boils down to a couple major factors. And so I kind of want to dive into those factors just really quick. So number one, Office Depot said that the revenue and adjusted operating income for the first quarter was expected to come in at $2.76 billion and $65 million respectively. That was below revenue estimates of $2.82 billion and down from $2.83 billion in the quarter over a year ago. So it also compared unfavorably with $93 million in adjusted operating income the year before. Hmm. Management. <clears throat> so I, what I really think is so cool, and those of you who follow stocks and you, you know, you, you read reports or, you know, you kind of basically just keep your ear to uh, to the market and see what management and the CIO or the CFO says are the reasons of why they're not doing what they're doing. I always love the reasons because the reasons are not normally the reasons. 
Um, and there's always more involved to it, but they have to give you some reason. So management blamed the poor results on weaker than expected performance at CompuCom, which is the IT service provider it acquired in 2017 for $1 billion. Its adjusted operating income was down from $93 million a year ago. <clears throat> what I think is just incredible um, about all of this is, you know, it's a tough situation to be in when you're not hitting um, your your pro forma or what you're expecting to actually make, um, you know, even revenue or, or net doesn't really matter. Whatever you're targeting, you want to hit. Um, you obviously set those targets when you're, you know, you're you're doing your projections for multiple reasons. Right. You don't want to um, not bring confidence to your investors. But you also want to set those targets as goals for something your company can achieve. So there's a two sided factor of that. Now, the frustrating part about this, if you are an investor in Office Depot, is you have to now decide, OK, year over year, we're struggling. Q1, we're struggling. Uh, it's not looking good. Brick and mortar companies are struggling. There's a lot of different things here that are that the signs are not good. So then Office Depot comes out with a report and says, <clears throat> Hey, guys, we plan to close 50 stores this year under both uh, namesakes of the Office Max, Office Depot banners. Um, that's not what you want to hear um, is that we're going to be closing 50, over 50 stores. So, you know, like I said, that can be a good and a bad thing. Right. As a CEO, you have to decide when is the time to cut my losses? When is the time? When is the time to quit? Which is actually one of the main videos I have on my website at jamesongavin.com because a lot of people just think, oh, you know, never be a quitter, never give up. But this could be a good decision. It doesn't look like a great decision when you have to cut 50 stores, but it could be the best decision. So in Office Depot's most recent quarter, 60% of sales and 90% of operating profit came from its business solutions division. Now, growth in service revenue is now 16% of sales. The progress of adjacent categories, which is 36% of total BSD sales, and the company's pivot following the 2017 acquisition of CompuCom, which is an IT services company. Profitability has been helped by what we describe, or actually, let me, let me rephrase that. It's really what the CEO of Office Depot is deciding as a realignment of resources. So... When I say I'm not sure if Office Depot is going to make it, it all stems from leadership. This is kind of like last year when I was selling Legend Nation. When you're looking at a company and especially a company of this size and even a really any size company, it really all falls on leadership. And what I mean by this is the CEO, which I'm not saying is a good thing or a bad thing, but he's saying that profitability has been helped by what he's describing as a realignment of resources. A lot of times reading this fine print, what you're thinking is resources, okay, money, etc. What I'm thinking, because I understand how these big businesses play and I've been a part of big businesses like this, realignment of resources is often people. <laughs> it's often jobs. It's often your mom or your dad or your brother or your, your husband or wife who's losing their job. And that's exactly <clears throat> if you look further into what Office Depot is doing by closing over 50 stores, where do all these jobs go? Where do all these people who have worked and put their life in and, you know, have decided to, you know, move closer to their job or, you know, take this job versus another job or put all their resources into making sure that they gave their all to Office Max, Office Depot? What happens to them? 
And so when you are a CEO or you are an executive, every decision that you make when your business is not successful, it's more than just you. It's more than just what your life is get to, gets to say and the, the cush salary and the bonuses that you get in the yachts and, you know, going to Turks and Caicos and, you know, the Abacoas. I mean, like it's more than just you and those guys sitting, you know, in your in your nice blue suits and talking and joking around playing golf with Trump. You're talking about people, people who don't necessarily have the intelligence or the means to do the things and play in the same playing fields that you have. You are in many ways responsible for them. And so if you don't understand this, you not hitting your targets affects so many different people. Now, there's also another side to that as well, right? We're all responsible for ourselves, but understanding and taking that responsibility at a high level, you know, what are the, what is it, what the, the saying, the heavy head wears the crown, having that responsibility is very important. It's something that I hold and always hold in any individual who works with me on my executive team. They have to understand that if they don't embody that, they're not the right person. So looking at this, right, uh, let's move forward. So a realignment of resources, which I'm telling you is really they're just cutting jobs, has included reducing the number of outside expensive field reps in favor of inside sales teams, right? Lower cost, quote unquote, they think is going to be more effective and the greater use of automation. So, which I think you really have to look at, okay? If you're the CEO of Office Depot, if you're an investor, I don't have any in the stock, quite frankly. Not, that's not my type of, a, of an investment. Um, so, I think you got to look at the competitors, right? When when I look at why a business is not performing, I look at mainly, I first look at the leaders. Secondly, I look at the competitors. So I first look at the leaders. What are they doing wrong? What are they doing right? Secondly, I look at who's getting the money. I mean, like Grant Cardone says, who's got my money? And it's, it's a very true statement. Is anybody in this business getting money? If nobody else is getting money, okay, well, maybe this is a bad industry. Maybe this is a dying industry. Maybe we all need to get out. But if someone else is getting money, ooh, well, how's he getting the money? What do I do? I need to start wearing red underwear. Is it the Hanes or is it the Fruit of the Looms? <laughs> you know what I mean? So you got to understand who, who's got my money. And when it comes down to this, you got to look at Amazon business, right? Recent communications to see, check this out, is that. It's going after the off-contract long-tail spend, particularly in the public sector. One recent case study claims a school district in Texas is saving 150 smacks a year by using Amazon business. An e-commerce giant is also heavily pushing its ability to help government agencies in their small business purchasing requirements. Okay, so I look at this two-factor. Amazon, we think of what? innovative. We think of online retailer innovation. We think of um, thinking outside of the box, right? It appears that they're targeting something that is not typical. Typically, Amazon targets what? The direct-to-consumer, right? They're, 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 they're targeting you. They're targeting me on a home-based level. Here, they're targeting a school district. That's what you call B2B, ladies and gentlemen, business-to-business. -business. Next, they're targeting Small business purchasing requirements from the federal government. That's what you call government contracts, ladies and gentlemen. So th these are to these are two totally different fields. This is not the Amazon of old times. Uncle Jeff, Mr. Bezos, 
has decided to play in the big leagues. I mean, he's already been in the biggest league, but he has decided to play with the big boys. And so what I mean by that is he's no longer looking at the D to C market. He's looking at different markets and different verticals that, oh, Uncle Tom, oh, Uncle Gary, who coming to the cookout, you know, with the toothpick in his mouth and a Kango hat, you know, who keep talking about how he used to hit home runs back in the day when he was a young whippersnapper, Office Max, Office Depot, Staples. And then you got the young buck in the room. You got little Fred coming to the coming to the party, which is Amazon, who's saying, hey, let me show you how we how we how we do the IG, how we lay it down now with the tender and the bumble. Right. So what I'm what I'm saying by this is innovation Thinking of what is that next step? How do I not become complacent and continue to move forward? Amazon has that mentality and people they hire. I encourage Office Depot to also do these things. And so what, you know, the thing that I, I guess you as a listener kind of get to understand is more into my mind state, my mindset of business and in these podcasts, because it's an opportunity for me to tell you kind of how I think how my mentors think, how they're guiding me and moving in these things. Um, and one thing that I don't like in particularly is how established companies wait to see what is the next big wave to come and then let's jump on that wave when it's like mid-cycle, right? That's what I, that's what I hate. And I think businesses whose models are that will continue to die off. Now, some of them are going to stay on for a significantly longer amount of time just because of how large they are and how easy it is for them to just, you know, post losses and things like that and and to recoup those losses because of how much cash stores they have. However, I just those are not the type of businesses that I like and they still make money. They're still around. They're still they're still you know, cutting checks and, you know, people eating, but those are just, and when I think of entrepreneurship, that's not the type of business I think that you want to be in a type of entrepreneur and CEO that you want to be. So Office Depot um, is trying to transform itself. So they have a new CEO, Gary Smith. I think he is doing a good job at what he's doing. And I do think it's going to take time. Um, he's only been there since January. And it's fair to say he's not yet had enough time to really make a true impact on the company it takes time to gain traction so i'm talking to you mr smith what do i think you need to do in order to truly turn office depot around i've read a lot about your company i think you just continue to do what you're doing but i think there's three key points that i want you to focus on and if you're an entrepreneur Um, who likes to do these business evaluations as as I do. Let me know what you think about these three. Number one, this is like a preface. This is not even a number one. This is like a pre-number one. Stop riding the wave of what you think the next big thing is going to be when the wave is already mid-cycle. Office Depot, you have enough money you have enough profits, <laughs> you have enough overall sustainability of your company. I know you're closing 50 stores, but you still have enough spread to gamble. You still have enough. I, 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 I'm telling you, you have enough. 
where I think you need to focus your efforts on is not necessarily, I, I think the Alibaba, so in for the readers, Office Depot has decided to partner with Alibaba to do some more, some larger scale business to business transactions. I think that that's a great idea. So I, I think, Mr. Smith, that's great. I think you need to be a little bit more innovative. I love the idea of Office Depot doing more of the co-working space. However, here's the problem, okay? I think, number one, you need smaller stores. One of the largest overheads in uh, brick and mortar is the retail sector, is the, the, the space that you're occupying to sell your products, okay? That amount of space is just, quite frankly, the stores are just way too big. People don't want to spend that much time in Office Depot. You think the more time people spend in our stores, the more money they're spending. You know what I know? The more time I spend time in your store, the less time I ever want to go back to your store. All of the, the you know, the further I got to go here and there, I got to walk all the way over here. I, gotta walk. I mean, it's annoying. Okay. People don't like big stores. People don't like it. The trend, why do you, the trend is moving towards smaller stores. Mark it down, write it down, mark my words. You need smaller stores, okay? I understand you got a lot of stuff, but I think you need to figure out an idea and become innovative in a way to have smaller stores. You can still do the co-working space thing if that's working for you. Smaller stores is going to help you out. And the retail aspect of the rent, the leases, whatever you're doing, I don't know if you're doing triple net, doesn't matter. The cost is going to be lower. That's going to help you out. Number two, stick to what works, baby. You know what I'm saying? If if you're if you're a sports player and you got a a move that that's your go-to move and it works and it's that fade away, ooh, that's so sweet with, with Michael Jordan, you know, stick to it. If you're gonna post up like like LeBron James, if you're gonna do those, like stick with what works. You don't have to always reinvent the wheel. So what I mean by that is what works. When you're looking at Office Depot, and I don't have these numbers, but you guys, if the CEOs ever listen to my podcast, you have these numbers. I've been to Office Depot as a regular dude who had a nine to five. OK, and I've been there as an entrepreneur. OK, like starting out and I've been there as, you know, making millions of dollars a year. OK, and the larger transactions that I've been in Office Depot have been obviously when I had more money. And when I think about that, I think about I needed my stuff now, like I needed it right now. OK. What I would encourage you to do is focus a lot more on the B2B transactions. It's not that the small guys don't matter, the guys who have jobs or who don't have jobs working nine to five, but you're going to get a couple copies out of these folks, right? You're going to get a couple prints. You were going to nickel and dime you over, oh my gosh, you know, I ain't, I don't want the triple ply stock and the card stock, the super heavy and no glitter, you know what I mean? Like, But when you're on a bigger plan level, we're printing consistently, Right. You know, the, this is the playing field you want to be at. That's where you want to be. It's B to B. You want the contracts where you're doing one transaction and it's taking up. Fifty thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, ten thousand. You want the larger transactions. I would stop focusing on the smaller consumer, the smaller consumers. You know, they know what they, they are going to probably order online anyway. The larger consumers, where it has to be the way that it has to be because we have clients, we have teams who do these type of things. So that brings me into the next step. 
Now, number three is the recurring revenue model. Office Depot, I think you are in a position that is unique versus the Amazons. And this, I guess, also speaks for Staples. Office Depot, Staples, Office Max, you have the brick and mortar locations. This means that you have the ability to attract the customer to come in to your space. This means if you make that Office Depot location more comfortable, not as large, the lights don't need to be all flipping bright like I'm a, I need flipping sunglasses to walk inside the Office Depot. Okay, I don't need somebody at the door looking like I'm a still a flipping piece of paper. It's a piece of paper. Okay, make your stores customer focused, enjoyable, happy, where people can copy, print, order large items, and that becomes a recurring revenue model. In what way? The way of subscriptions, of bulk printing services, of marketing services, larger companies like my our companies and larger. Right. We have marketing teams and that's what they do. They go out and they find a company. They bid it out. See, OK, I'm going to need 20,000 copies of this. You know what? I want custom pans. I want custom backpacks. I want the little fidget spinners. Right. I mean, this is big business and it's constant. We were spending, I'm not going to say a, a buttload of money on just little people call them tchotchkes or giveaways or trade show stuff like become the the king of that. And then give those individuals a place to come in to your organization, to your store and enjoy the entire process. Right now, it's not enjoyable to go to Office Depot. I feel like. Oh, I gotta go to flipping off a depot. Gotta get some. Gotta get some more printer ink. Oh my gosh! Nobody ever said, "Oh yes, I'm going to get some more printer ink." That's not one thing somebody has ever said. Everybody's always like, "Gosh, dog it, need some more flipping printer ink." Why not make that process? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 let me go to Office Depot, man. I don't want to go over here to the other company because Office Depot has the X, Y, and Z. Just an idea. So let me know what you think. Is Office Depot on the scale? Are they are they are they gonna are they gonna thrive or are they gonna ride? Like what what what's gonna happen? Let me know what you think. Hit us in the comments. You know where to find us, legendvest.com. You can hit me up on the I and the G or on my personal website, Jameson Gavin. Dot com. Love to hear from you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you once again for listening. Let's become legends. Thanks.